0: 1 John chapter 5, if you guys turn there with me, last time we looked at four things about those who are overcomers in Christ Jesus, right? Those who are more than conquerors in Christ, and uh, we learned that, number one, they believe. Number two, we learned that they love. Number three, they obey. And number four, they have faith in Jesus Christ, and 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 John just he's just hitting us with all kinds of stuff, right? Eternal life, where we have confidence in the eternal life that we have in Christ Jesus, and. Uh, he's going on, who's saved, who's not saved, who's going to go to heaven, who's not going to go to heaven, but where are the witnesses? Where's the proof uh, and, and where's the witnesses that really validate the points that John is making? Well, here in our text today is where he's going to stop and take a little break and he's going to say, okay guys, now here is the witnesses. So in the scripture today, that's what we're going to see and that that's the proof of everything that John's been saying. And so Let's just read 1 John chapter 5, verse 6. It says, This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his Son. He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. And he who does does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his Son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life, and he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And these things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So the key word in these next seven verses is the word witness, and he already established the fact that God is life, right? God gives us life and that more abundantly, John ten ten. And now he gives is he's giving us witness, right, to prove, to validate uh, that you and I have eternal life in Christ Jesus. You and I meaning the church, the body of Christ, right? And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, verse 16, he says, But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Now, obviously, in the context, that's dealing with, uh, you know, dealing with the brother in sin and correcting him But in the church. But that word witness, by the way, is used 38 times in the New Testament. 28 of those times is used by John himself. And that word witness, it's used nine times uh, in our text today, uh, in these seven verses, including verses 10 and 11, uh, also including the word testimony in there, by the way. Um, I remember, when I, I don't know, what is that, 10, 11, 12, somewhere around that age in Arizona, hanging out with some girls we are out by this, uh, you know, building complex business thing, and there's puddles of water because it just rained, and, you know, we're jumping in the puddles, and we're all, you know, and I look over, and and there's a, I was like, I wonder what's inside that building, so we broke into the building, and, and, uh, you know, we're looking around at all the boxes of stuff, and and uh, there was a silent alarm. We so saw. I was like, "What is that little red light beeping right there for?" And uh, of course, I tell them, "Let's get out of here. Let's run!" And they're all scared, like, "Oh, what are we gonna do?" And I was like, "Let's go!" I'm trying to push them, and they they wouldn't leave. They're like, they're just in shock, like, "Oh, we're we're busted!" And I was all, "Not yet!" And so I, I took off, right? And and uh, and sure enough, at my door, ding dong, you know. And uh, the cops there, and I was—he's like, "Hey, uh, were you at uh, the business complex down the road?" And I was like, "No, absolutely not." Do you know those girls over there? And they're in the police car, all crying. And and uh, and I was like, "Never seen them in my life, officer." (laughs) And he's like, "Well, their their shoes and their pants are all soaking wet on the bottom." Can I see your shoes? And he looked down, and I was all wet. And I was like, "Oh man, busted!" But they were a testimony saying, yes, that's him. He's the guy, right? And I was guilty as charged. And and uh, so that's kind of what John's doing too. There's a, there's a witness, there's a, a testimony, right? In what we're dealing with here. So John is giving us... Five witnesses, for those of you who are outliners and taking notes, I'm going to just give it to you guys up front. Um, in these seven verses, the first witness is of the Spirit. That's going to be in verse 1. or I'm sorry, verse 6. Um, and then the second one, the witness, is in heaven. That's in verse 7. The third witness is on earth. That's in verse 8. And the fourth witness of is of God. That's in verse 9 and the fifth witness is within ourselves that's in verse 10 and 11 and 12 so let's just start with the first witness here is the witness of the spirit look look at verse 6 again it says this is he who came by water and blood Jesus Christ not only by water but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit is truth. So the Holy Spirit is bearing witness that Jesus Christ is the giver of life, right? That's the context. And the witness that he bears regarding Jesus Christ includes two things here. Water and blood, which is very interesting. There are three major views that scholars hold on this text here, and I, it's a it's a tough text, right? Just let you guys know up front. Uh, I'll give you guys guys those two views, and then I'll give you the correct view, of course, right? I'll let you guys decide that one. But the first view is speaks of his birth that Jesus Christ became flesh, uh, and and. 1st Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 it does say and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness god was manifested in the flesh so we know that god did come in the flesh right and anytime you have birth you have two things you got blood and water i was there for my wife and the three my three children and and uh there's definitely blood and <laughs> it's disgusting right um but that's <laughs> That's why some believe this view, right? That God, oh yeah, he's he's almighty, right? God, 100%. He's also 100% man. And so we know in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, if you're still there in First John, look at chapter 4. Chapter four. Look at verse two. I just want to show you something really quick. Um, chapter four, verse two. It says, "By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of, or I'm sorry, is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So." That's the first view, right? That Jesus, uh, he he became flesh, and and the second view is, it says it, it speaks of the cross, right? And turn us me to John chapter nineteen. John chapter nineteen. Um, you remember when Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem? It was a high Sabbath. It was the Passover, right? Was was uh, coming into play, and uh, so in order. To, was given uh to go to the place of the cross you know and, and there's the the two thieves on the side right uh, uh, on the side of christ and and uh so the order was given to go and break their legs basically and of the criminals and but when they came to Jesus, he was already dead and and so what did the soldier do? He gets the spear and he he puts it, gets him in the side well look look at John chapter nineteen. Look at verse 34. It says, "But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out." And he was he has seen, he who has seen has testified and has his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe. So some say it speaks of the cross when the spear entered Jesus and blood and water came out uh, right here in 1st John chapter 5 verse uh, 6 so going back to 1st John it's interesting to note by the way that John uh, he changes that from wa- water to blood from uh, or to water and blood from blood and water so some say that's why could it be the cross that it's speaking of because John switches it up I see no problem actually with both views, view one and two. But view three, uh, view three speaks of his ministry, and his ministry is twofold it's the beginning of the ministry and it's the end of the ministry. So the beginning that speaks of his baptism in the Jordan, the Holy Spirit came down front, uh, upon him and God confirmed it. He began his earthly ministry after that. And Turn to John chapter one and the baptism of jesus christ confirmed it validated that jesus is the christ that he is the son of god and remember the context by the way in first john chapter 5 verse 1 where you it says you must believe that jesus is the christ and then again in verse 5 it says you must believe that jesus is the son of god and so uh in the context of first john i believe uh the water speaks of his baptism that confirms who he is and this is established here in john chapter one look at verse 29 it says in john 1 29 the next day john saw jesus coming toward him and said behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me. Now this is John the Baptist here. For he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Again, the next day John stood with the, and then it goes on. So this fits perfectly with the context there. Of 1 John chapter 5 verse 6 believing that Jesus is the son of God because it confirms it right there so the water speaks of the beginning of his ministry uh, and uh, speaking of his baptism and the second part of his ministry the end of his ministry the second fold I guess you can say um, it may be speaking of the blood That Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross, right? The blood shed for you and I. And it speaks of, you know, his blood for you and I on our behalf, right? And question, what cleanses us? What purifies us? What redeems mankind from our sinful nature, what well, 's nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ, right in First Peter chapter one, verse eighteen, it says, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spots, you see the blood points to the cross for you and i where he took the sins of mankind and they were upon him and he bore uh, the sins of the world upon his own body and now you and i are forgiven now you and i are redeemed who call upon him right and and what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of jesus christ right? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, how precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Is that a great hymn or what? Love that song. Okay, so the first part dealt with the witness of the Spirit, right? And it involved two things, water and blood. And it, it could be speaking of his birth, it could be speaking of the cross, or it could be speaking of his ministry. And that's kind of where I lean towards more so. But question, since the Holy Spirit is bearing witness of uh, the water and the blood, the baptism and the death, how do we know that the witness of the Holy Spirit is right? I mean, how do we know? Look at John, First John, go back to First John, Look at chapter 5, look at verse 6 again. It says, because the Spirit is truth. That's why. And John 14, verse 17, it says the Spirit is truth in john 15 verse 26 it says the spirit is truth the spirit of truth and so you can believe the holy spirit he's not only the truth but he's the giver of truth john chapter uh, 16 verse 13 it says however when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth right so let's come to the second witness here right the second witness is the witness in heaven Uh, go back to first john 5 look at verse 7 it says for there are three that bear witness in heaven the father the word and the holy spirit and these three are one okay so there are three that bear witness in heaven the father the word and the, the holy spirit and so you might be scratching your head. Actually, I saw a couple of you actually scratch your head. <laughs> hey, scratching right there, right there. That's good stuff. So you might have the NIV version, by the way. That might, that passage is not in there in your Bible, most likely, right? If if you don't have like the King James or the New King James. Um, since most of our modern translations, our Bibles, are made up of two family manuscript uh, evidence. In the first involves two manuscripts. It's the Kodak uh, Vaticanus and the uh, Kodak Sinuaticus. Sinuaticus. I always get that. It's a tough one. Um, These are among the two of the oldest manuscript evidences that we have dating back to the 4th century AD. So we do have problems with these two manuscripts, the Codex Vaticanus does not even go up to First John. In fact, it goes up to Hebrews chapter nine, verse 14, and then it cuts off right there. Um, so the rest are they're not there. There's really one manuscript, right? So the codex Saniaticus, which makes up the Alexandrian uh, manuscript evidence. Uh, so from these two manuscripts, we we have most of our translations today, like the American Standard Version, we got a Revised Standard Edition, the Living Bible, we got the Newly Inspired Version, oh sorry, the NIV, right, and what is that, New International Version, right? Um, but all of the modern translations, they come from uh, this family of manuscripts. Um, I would say put your NIV on the bookshelf, by the way, and... Go go for a King James, go for a New King James. Uh, but the second family of manuscripts that we have is the Texas Receptives, right? Th- this is the received text. This is the majority text, we would say. And uh, we have over 5,000 Greek manuscript evidence and 8,000 Hebrew manuscripts. And this is where we get our King James. This is where we get our New King James from. Um, And you you have a group of modern translations that use the Alexandrian uh, manuscripts. And and, and you have the King James and the New King James from the received text, the Texas Receptus, right? And out of the 5,500 Greek manuscripts that we have in the Texas Receptus, only 5,000 out of the five thousand five hundred Greek manuscripts contain first John chapter five verse seven, so that's that 's a very, very few, so obviously this text should be here right so there 's this much and then there 's this much right? so we should definitely have that text um, so those uh, with the correct translation turn with back with me at verse seven here <laughs> we we have the three witnesses that we looked at um, and by the way, I challenge you guys to study all that. I just gave you a really brief, quick overview. Uh, we have some, uh, I was going to say manuscript evidence. We have some uh, uh, material in the bookstore book, book you guys can look into there. But <clears throat> let's, go, let's go on here. Um, So, we have the three witnesses that we want to look at. Look at at verse 7. It says, The Father, right? So, uh, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So, the Father, Question, When did the Father bear witness of Jesus Christ himself? I mean, do you guys? At the baptism. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, right? And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Peter, listen to him That's right? my version that's what I think but um but question was that the only time that the Father bear witness bore witness of Jesus Christ? no, uh in Matthew chapter seventeen, verse three and on it's talking about the mount- of Transfiguration, right the uh, maybe Mount Hermon, I don't know which mountain it was, but the voice from heaven said uh this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased hear him right so uh our the second witness look at verse seven it's the word the word and this points to and it speaks of jesus christ and and john chapter 1 verse 14 very popular verse it says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and so uh, and then also in 1 John 1.1, we, we know that the word of life, right, it's talking about, it's, it's Christ Jesus. So turn to John chapter 5 with me. I want to show you something. John chapter 5. Um, and I think the question is answered here. How did Jesus witness to himself? I mean, he was a witness in himself. But I think the answer is his own works his own works. Look at John chapter 5, look at verse 36. John 5 verse 36, it says, But I have a greater witness than John's, for the works which the Father has given me to finish. The very works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me, who is me? That's Jesus Christ. Jesus who declared that he and the Father are one. That he is God Almighty come in the flesh. That's his claim. And so what? where's the witness that proves, that validates the point that he is God? Well, the works themselves prove and point that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah. That's what it just said right here in verse 36. And so we got the word, right? We got Christ himself. We got Thirdly, back to 1 John, um, we got the, uh, the Holy Spirit. And question, when did the Holy Spirit bear witness that Jesus is the Christ, right? Well, it's at the baptism. Um, turn with me to Luke 3, actually. Go back to Luke 3. Good job bringing your Bibles, by the way. You guys get extra points today. Make sure you get the sticker at the door. The Holy Spirit. So, it's at the baptism in Luke chapter 3. Luke records the baptism for us uh, of, of Christ here. Luke chapter 3, look at verse 21. It says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also baptized was baptized and while he prayed. The heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and in you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself began his ministry about 30 years of age. And so the witness of the Holy Spirit, I believe, uh, was at the baptism of jesus christ and and why did the holy spirit need to bear, bear witness of christ and come upon christ well after all isn't christ god almighty come in the flesh i mean after all isn't he you know he's, he's god he's always been god right and why did he need to the holy spirit to come upon him right you think about these things when you're reading and i believe it's to fulfill the old testament prophecy um Isaiah 61, it's speaking about the Messiah. It says the Spirit of God came upon him, right? In Matthew 3, we know that it was to fulfill all righteousness by the words of Christ himself. In John chapter 1, verses 29 and on, uh, it was to confirm who Christ Jesus was to all of us, right, who are uh, spectators, who are watching from afar. So the baptism in John chapter 3 and the verse here in 1 John chapter 5 verse 7 that we just read, right, the three are one, all point to you and speaks of the triunity, the Godhead, right? And 1 John, go back to 1 John, 1 John chapter 5 verse 7, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, But notice that last part, and these uh, three are one. It's true, the word "trinity" that or "trinity" it's not there in the Bible, uh, but it's all over the Bible when you look for it. The, the word's not there, but it's mentioned all over. So those with the incorrect Bible verse, right? <laughs> you don't have this verse, and it's okay because you know the the Bible has lots of verses talking about the tr- the Trinity as well. But all three are one, and yet. All three are separate in work and in person. So uh, you might not fully comprehend this. It's okay. If you're like me, I try to wrap my head around it, and I just it teaches it right. When you read the Bible, it that's what it talks about. So I believe it. But trying to fully comprehend and understand it, you know, entirely, I just get oh, I get a headache. Right? It's just oh, I can't understand it. But You might not, and that's okay. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 30, he says, I and the Father are one. And Paul said in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, he says, Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, God says to the Son, this is God himself, saying of God, saying of himself. He says, your throne, O God, he's speaking to Jesus, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. In Romans 9, 5, Jesus Christ is called the eternal God. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, he's called the true God. Um, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, this is interesting. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our, our image according to our likeness. So he was talking to the other two of the Godhead here. In Genesis 3:22, then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. Very interesting. In fact, the Hebrew language itself points to and speaks of uh, the Godhead, the three-in-one. Did you guys know that? The the Hebrew language. Um, In Genesis 1, 1, right, in the beginning, God, right? It was God. So the word God in Hebrew, Elohim, right, in in the Hebrew language, unlike the English language, where we have plural, we have singular. Like if I said girl, that's singular. If I say girls, that's plural, right? Um, But we say... Uh, girls for two or more, right? But in the Hebrew language, girl is Iolda, right? It's how it's pronounced. Two girls are elodot, uh, Ioldot, elodots in the Hebrew. And But if it's speaking of three or more, it's Elo, Elodim, Elohim, Elohim. Right? So very interesting. The Hebrew language itself is speaking of the three in one. The three. That's his name. God. God Elohim. Right? So very interesting. Let's come to the third witness here. Uh, And we got to hurry because we got, what, two more hours to go. So, (laughs) oh, boy. Let's go to the third one here. The witness on earth. Here's the, the witness on earth. Verse eight. It says, back to first John five. It says, And there are three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. So the point of verse eight is not who is witnessing, but who, where the witness takes place basically so remember in verse 7 they're in heaven right and in verse 8 now they're on earth and so the point is they're they're the witnesses whether they're in heaven or on earth look at look at first john just turn with me to the left really quick let the let the word speak for itself first john chapter one look at verse one says that which was from the beginning Right, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness there's our word and declare to you that eternal life which was with the father and was manifested to us that which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son Jesus Christ so a lot of people they can't believe the witness in heaven because well they can't see it touch it you know anything like that but John shows us the witness on earth since we did hear touch and see right him and the Holy Spirit the water the physical baptism um, and the blood the physical death speaking of of Christ and his bloodshed for you and I right so um, let's go on to the next witness here the witness of God look at verse 9 1st John chapter 5 Look at verse nine. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For there, for this is the witness of God, which He has testified of His Son. Now, we're we're always, you know, easily swayed into listening to man. I I've been sick for December twenty third. I got sick, right? So I kept going back and forth to the doctor. I'm like, take blood, right? And they took blood and. And uh but they I didn't even know who the person was. They're sticking a needle into my body. And but immediately I'm like, "Yo, go ahead right there. Cool, oh, right? Oh." Right but and then afterward I was like, "Wow, I just totally let some random stranger just put a needle in my body." I don't know who. Wow, I hope that wasn't her first day, right? Like but it it was we We believe the witness of men so easily, right they're like, yeah, I'm a nurse, I know what I'm doing and uh I actually, I had spasms for like twenty four hours after them I'm, It was really weird, but anyways um but uh this verse can be better translated since instead of if by the way uh, and and so that's why I'm mentioning the witness of of man we we believe them how much more so is the witness of God right so We could say, though, since in fact you are continually, repetitively receiving or believing the witness of mere men, you believe them. Why won't you believe the witness of God? He's greater than men, right? That's the idea here. And uh, John chapter 8, verse 18, it says, I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. John chapter 5 verse 37, it says, And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. So question, who are you going to believe? Man or God? Right? Duh, duh. <laughs> I'm going to believe the Lord. Hebrews 6.18, it says, uh, We know that God, he can't lie. Right, God can't lie, so we should believe His witness. And that brings us to our the fifth witness right here. It's the witness in ourselves. Uh, the witness in ourselves. Look at verse ten. Go back to First John. It says in verse ten, "He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in." Circle that word "in." Underline it. Himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given of his son. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Note, by the way, in verse 10, it does not say the witness of himself, right? It says the witness in himself and so speaking of believers in christ so when you became a believer you now have the holy spirit indwelling within you and i right romans 8 11, acts 532 1 corinthians 3 16 1 corinthians 6 19 you got uh second timothy 2 14 the list goes on it's 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 just it, god confirms in us that we know that we know that we're saved that we have the Holy Spirit in us because he's working in and through our lives you guys know what I'm talking about right when you uh in the world you you can sin and there's no conviction there's no you don't care just you don't even know you're doing it Right? And then you're watching certain things, maybe you're hanging out with certain people. But now that you're saved, you hang out with those people and you can't even stand them anymore, right? It's the, the words that they speak, and it's like, oh, right? The, and then you're like, oh, I, I used to watch this movie. It's my favorite movie. Put it on. Oh, oh oh I can't oh turn it off right you didn't even know about those things until the Holy Spirit came into your heart and he began to change you and transform you and how did he do that how did he transform your mind Romans 12 right hint, hint. it says uh, uh, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God right that you present yourselves um, approved on to, to God what does it say I'm forgetting now I'm blanking out. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Uh, Other translations say your act of worship. This is what we can bring and offer to God. You want to offer God something? We know that we can't enter in by works, right? We enter in simply by the grace of God, through faith in Christ Jesus, in the finished work on the cross for you and I. It was his bloodshed, and it was him that said, tetelestai, right? It is finished. It's done it's been done all you need to do is accept it all you need to do is receive it right the a gift that it's given it's not it's not fully yours until you reach out and receive it right now it's yours you can do whatever you want but hey they never picked it up they never even touched it go ahead and take it right so you got to take a hold of what god has offered you and that is salvation guys how much is salvation $200, $200, right? Meet me after. I'm just joking. It's not. No. How much is salvation? It's free. If you guys are like me, I love free, right? I'm My Facebook marketplace, and they, oh, it's free? <laughs> I light up, and I'm, oh, it's so great. We love free. If you go to the store, and they're like, you know what? It's all free. Don't worry about it. What? Right? We love free. God has offered us salvation, and that is the free gift of God, which says you can hang out with your creator. What? Wait, Lord, I got to be some kind of gladiator, a, a man of renown from the of old, right? Like those guys, they they did this, that, and that, and that, and then thus, I mean, sure enough, they should achieve some type of status before your presence. But God says, "No, but I want you." And 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 I and I want you not because of who you are and what you have and what you've done, right? But I I, I want you simply because of what I've done. And what does that do? That speaks of fellowship, right? That speaks of a relationship that you and I can easily enter in to boldly right we don't have to enter in all ashamed and you know nervous and falling apart we can enter in boldly because you know you have assurance there's confidence in what christ jesus has done for you and i thus right now you can enter in when we pray we enter in to the throne room of god and we could present to the lord you know our our hearts and the things that are going on in our lives and it's the best thing too when you intercede on behalf of other people. So we have, by the way, First John chapter five, verse ten and eleven. Those are I challenge you guys memorize those verses specifically. If uh, early on back in my day, um, this these verses I held on to because. Uh, if I questioned my salvation, if I was like, "Man, am I really saved? Do I really know the Lord?" These verses I would run back to you, and because we have assurance in Christ Jesus, and how do we have assurance? Well, he's—he's. He's, we have all these witnesses. We even have the demonic witnesses, right? The demons were like, "The Son of God, right? You're the Christ, the Messiah. Get away from us!" And why would they even declare? who he is, right? His deity. So we have all kinds of witnesses. I'm only giving you a few of them here. But the context it talks about bearing witness, right? Going back to uh, verses 10 and 11. You and I, as believers, we know we're born again. Not because of, you know, how we feel or uh, what we've done or anything like that, right? We didn't receive, uh, recite a creed or um, it was just simply a relationship with Christ, or uh, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. So, Paul said in Romans eight sixteen, he says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So how do we know that we're children of God? Well, it's simply the work of the Holy Spirit in and through our lives, right? And he's bearing witness with the Father, uh, with Christ, that we are who he says we are. What are we? Well, we're children of God, right? We're his. We're his friend. We're, he no longer calls us a servants, but a friend. How cool is that? God Almighty, right? Standing before you says, friend, what? (laughs) Me? (laughs) Right? How cool is that? But it's, it's through the work of Christ on the cross. So the punchline of all of this, I really, I'll just sum it all up for you guys. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 really sums it all up. It says, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. That life that is abundance, John 10, 10, that only Christ offers, right? So he who has the Son of, has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. So this life is speaking of that victorious life, that overcoming life, that life that is more than, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus, right? So, Do you have the son? If you do have, you you have life, right? And you have an abundant life. You have a life that's full of joy. But if you have a life that's full of uh, not joy, right? And and you're not content because what does Psalm 23 say? Well, look look at Psalm 23, guys. Turn with me to Psalm 23. We got five minutes. Hurry up. Just joking. Take your time. Psalm 23. If, 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 if you are content in life if you're content with the witnesses that god has given you if you are assured of of your salvation that you know that you know the lord and that you're walking with him what does it mean to walk with him you're in the word of god you're seeking the lord in prayer not on your own behalf but on his behalf right you're praying according to his will not your will well psalm 23 it says in verse one the lord is my shepherd Okay, stop right there. I mean, that should be enough, isn't it? I mean, I fall apart right there, I'm like,, Lord, you've called me, me? really yeah, and that he would be my shepherd, but if if the Lord is your shepherd, notice the end of the verse there, I shall not want. you're not going to be in wants. You're not going to be in oh I want I want I want. Why? Because you're satisfied. You're fulfilled. You are overwhelmed and overcome, right? By by the what Christ has done for you and I. So when we look at Him and how, how dumb we are, right? <laughs> you look at the contrast and how grateful you're and all you are. Then rest assured, all of your wants your needs he'll he'll provide he watches over it. your health your finances your the things right the the people in your life he is your shepherd he knows what's going on in your life and is he not the good shepherd that's what the bible says he's the good shepherd and he knows what's going on and and he'll make you all the rest of it you can read up the next six verses there five verses but it's it's the promises that we have in Christ because he's with us, because he is our shepherd. So do you have the Son of God, right, in your life? Do you have that abundant life? And and uh, if so, you're going to be blessed. You're, he's going to walk you through this life, and this life is a challenging life, isn't it? You're going to go through a whole bunch of stuff, but it's okay. You are promised to go through that stuff because he's with you. Just like uh, Daniel's buddies, right? They went through the fire— Fire's not gonna touch you though. That's the thing. You gotta go through it, but it's not gonna it's not gonna touch you. Why? Because you're not gonna be in wants, right? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, and and he's got this, right? So he's got, he holds us together. You'll never fall apart. Right? When you are in the world, you fall apart, right? You guys remember back in your teenager days and you fell in love and then and then that person said, I don't love you and then you're oh and you fell apart, right? Um yeah, it's not going to happen as a believer you don't fall apart right we we fall into place into his arms and his hands so stand with me um and let's pray and i thank the lord it's not about what we feel it's about what we know right it's about who we know and that's christ jesus Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, Lord, uh, that you truly are the good shepherd and that you know all things. You know what we're going through right now in our lives, Lord, the things that we've experienced. And I ask, Lord, for your grace, uh, your grace upon this congregation, uh, Lord, that you would bring your comfort. Lord, you are the great comforter. And I ask, Lord, that you would come alongside us. Uh, Lord, continue to reveal who you are. And I pray that that assurance, that confidence that only you can bring in our hearts, Lord, would just be overflowing in our lives, Lord. Knowing that we know you, we know that we know you. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, just continue to watch over us. We love you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse there, I shall not want. You're not going to be in wants. You're not going to be in, oh, I want, I want, I want. Why? Because you're satisfied. You're fulfilled. You are overwhelmed and overcome, right, by by the what Christ has done for you and I. So when we look at him and how, how dumb we are, right, <laughs> you look at the contrast and how grateful you are and all you are, then rest assured, all of your wants your needs he'll he'll provide he watches over it. your health your finances your the things right the the people in your life he is your shepherd he knows what's going on in your life and is he not the good shepherd that's what the bible says he's the good shepherd and he knows what's going on and and he'll make you all the rest of it you can read up the next six verses there five verses but it's it's the promises that we have in Christ because he's with us, because he is our shepherd. So do you have the Son of God, right, in your life? Do you have that abundant life? And and uh, if so, you're going to be blessed. You're, he's going to walk you through this life, and this life is a challenging life, isn't it? You're going to go through a whole bunch of stuff, but it's okay. You are promised to go through that stuff because he's with you. Just like uh, Daniel's buddies, right? They went through the fire— Fire's not gonna touch you, though. That's the thing. You gotta go through it, but it's not gonna it's not gonna touch you. Why? Because you're not gonna be in wants, right? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world, and and he's got this, right? So he's got, he holds us together. You'll never fall apart. Right? When you were in the world, you fall apart, right? You guys remember back in your teenager days and you fell in love and then and then that person said, I don't love you ah, and then you're oh and you fell apart, right? Um it's not going to happen as a believer you don't fall apart right we we fall into place into his arms and his hands so stand with me um and let's pray and i thank the lord it's not about what we feel it's about what we know right it's about who we know and that's christ jesus Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, Lord, uh, that you truly are the good shepherd and that you know all things. You know what we're going through right now in our lives, Lord, the things that we've experienced. And I ask, Lord, for your grace, uh, your grace upon this congregation, uh, Lord, that you would bring your comfort. Lord, you are the great comforter. And I ask, Lord, that you would come alongside us. Uh, Lord, continue to reveal who you are. And I pray that that assurance, that confidence that only you can bring in our hearts, Lord, would just be overflowing in our lives. Lord, knowing that we know you, we know that we know you. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, just continue to watch over us. We love you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.